take your copy of God's Word again this morning, please. And if you haven't already, go ahead and find the book of 1 Peter again uh, as we continue our study through this book. And go ahead and find chapter 3, please. And we'll be there looking in just a moment. You know, when two Christians walk down the aisle and uh, they get married, that is not a guarantee that they're going to live happily ever after as husband and wife. Uh, Bob Pierce was the founder and director of a Christian organization called World Vision. It's a very well-known ministry. You've probably heard of it, World Vision. And Bob pursued that agency, that organization, that ministry with passion. In fact, he was often gone for up to ten months on a single trip. And you can imagine what kind of toll that took on his family to be gone from them for such a long length of time. And his daughter... Uh, whose name is Mary Lee Dunker, later wrote a book uh, detailing uh, her father's neglect of his family in the pursuit of his job and his ministry. And I'm sad to tell you that the founder of World Vision, uh, here's how he ended. Eventually, Bob lost his marriage. A daughter committed suicide. And eventually, Bob died a very lonely death. You know, beloved, no one starts out with that goal in mind. No one in their right mind comes and stands before a minister of the gospel and says their vows and pledges their love to their spouse while planning on blowing it and ruining their life and their marriage and all. What happens is it's a gradual thing. It's a slow leak, kind of like a tire when there's a hole in the tire and you don't notice it maybe the first day, but as day by day goes by and week by week, and eventually you come out and you have a flat tire. It's been a very gradual, slow thing. And uh, day by day, there's a neglect of priorities and a neglect of the relationship and misplaced priorities and taking a spouse for granted. And last week, we talked to the wives at length. And if you missed that, you can go catch it on the podcast or request a CD. But guys, it's our turn today. And God has a word in His word for husbands. And that word that will help us to keep what I just talked about from happening. That slow, gradual fade of love and harmony and matrimony. And you might be here today and say, listen, I'm not a husband. I don't plan on being a husband. I'll never be a husband. So what do I do at times like this when I hear a message like this? Well, you should listen because, first of all, it's God's word. And there are principles and teachings that are going to apply to you. And furthermore, you can pray for those people that are husbands and pray for those that are wives and pray for the families. Now, it's interesting because last week we had six verses that Peter gives us for the wives. And today we only have one verse for the husband. Why is that? Why do the ladies get six verses and the husbands get one? Well, maybe he knew that we're kind of slow and we can't take him but so much. But I've got to warn you, there's only one verse But it's a loaded verse. It's a powerful verse. It's going to be quite the verse to study. And so you're there in your Bibles, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them, talking about the wives, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Now, you remember last week we boiled down the teaching that Peter gives in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit into one word for the wives. We're going to do the same thing for the guys. 
The same thing for us. One word of what he's saying. We're going to summarize it. And so the word for husbands is the word love. Love. We're to love our wives. Now, wait a minute, preacher. When I look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, I do not see the word love anywhere in that verse. And you know what? You're correct. But the truth of the matter, beloved, is this. While the word is maybe not used, it is dripping with love. It's what love looks like. And the Bible is clear that a husband is to love his wife. Ephesians 5.25 Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Colossians chapter 3, verse 19. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. You can't miss it. If you study the Bible, it says that we are to love our wives. But then we say, what does that look like? What it looks like, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. And in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, he tells us and shows us some of the ways that we are to love our wives. And, and it's real simple, a lot of it, but... Just because it's simple doesn't mean it's always easy. Now, I want you to notice what it says about the husbands, what they're supposed to do. And so, guys, uh, pay attention. Uh, your wife's already paying attention, I know, so I want you to pay attention today. And I want you to notice if you're going to love your wife, first of all, you need to be with her. Be with her. It says there, husbands likewise, dwell with them. This makes common sense, doesn't it? Dwell with your wife. Live with her. Stay with her. Be with her. You remember when you were first dating. Now, I know for some, that's been a long time ago. But you remember when you were first dating. You couldn't wait to be with that girl. You didn't care where you were going. You didn't care what you were doing. You didn't care about any of that just to be with her, just to spend time with her. And to be apart from her was so painful. I remember the summers that Danielle and I spent apart. We were at Bible college together, went apart. And by the way, boys and girls, there was no FaceTime. There was no texting. There was no Skyping. There was none of that. You, you, you wrote letters, and I think we got 30 minutes a week on a corded Phone against the wall. You could only get as far away as the cord would go from your parents. And that 30 minutes went so fast. And we wanted to be together. And so I wonder why is it that so many guys, it seems they get married and they do then everything they can to not spend time with their wives. To get away from their wives. Now listen, I know you have to go to work. You have to make a living. You have to provide for your family. That's certainly honorable. God teaches that in His Word. But don't spend more time on your hobbies and your sports and hanging out with your buddies than you do with your wife. Spend time with your wife. Spend time with your bride. It doesn't have to be anything that's super, you know, fancy or, or whatever major. I just want to be with my wife. It doesn't matter. We're, we're to the point now, we go to the dump together. I mean, that's where we are. I'm following obituaries on Facebook and going on dates to the dump. That's how bad it's gotten in my life. But just to be together. Now, sometimes, you know, you dress up and go out on dates and go to special events. But just being together, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be fancy. I read about a couple who were going out for the evening. And they, they were getting all ready. They got all dolled up, going to have a night on the town. And they had a cat. And they put the cat out. And a taxi was coming to pick them up. And as the couple's walking out of the house, the cat runs back in the house. And they don't want the cat shut up in the house. And so the wife goes and sits in the taxi and she waits on the husband. And the husband goes upstairs to find the cat and get the cat out of the house. 
Well, the wife is sitting there and realizes that, you know, it's probably not a good thing that the taxi driver knows that they're not home and that no one's home and they're going to be out for the evening. And so she explains to the taxi driver, she makes she up the story. She, she says, he's just going upstairs to say goodbye to my mother. He's just going upstairs to say goodbye to my mother. Well, a few minutes later, the husband finally comes. He gets in the cab and I guess he's probably out of breath. He says, sorry, I took so long. He said the stupid old thing was hiding under the bed. I had to poke her with a coat hanger to get her to come out. Now, your time together may not always go the way you planned. It may not always work the way you think it's going to work. But it's enough that you are together. Be with your wife. Dwell with your wife. Yes, you have to be apart at times. But your heart's desire should be to be with your wife. You know it's possible to be in the same house and not be together. It's possible, is it not, to be in the same room and not be together. It's possible to be at the same table and not be together. So if we're going to love our wives, first of all, we have to be with her. And then he adds this. Now you say, well, the first part, okay, I get that part. But I want you to get the next part. And here's where it might get a little tricky. It says there that we're to dwell with them with understanding. So in other words, we are to know her. We're to know our wives. A young son said, is it true, Dad, that I heard in some parts of Africa that a man doesn't know his wife until he marries her? And the the dad replied, that happens in most countries, son. Y'all are slow, Dad. Y'all are still up in the, with the taxi cab driver trying to figure... Some of y'all hadn't gotten that one yet, and now you're... Anyway. How well, guys, do you know your wife? How well do you know her? Do you know what her hopes are, what her dreams are, uh, her fears? Do you know what she enjoys doing the most? Do you know what her hobbies, her interests, her favorite things are? Um... Be careful, do you, do you know her sizes, her favorite flower, her favorite food? I, I couldn't help but think, you know, I, I grew up I grew up listening to country music. Country music played a lot in our house, and a lot of the older stuff, I, I know a lot of the old songs. And uh, by the way, the older is better than the newer when it comes to country. But anyway, I remember, I thought of a song as I was preparing this. It's an old Michael Martin Murphy song. And if you remember the song, it's a song where a dad and a son are discussing women. And you might remember the chorus kind of rings out, son, you're talking to the wrong man. If you want to know what girls are all about. So you might remember that song? You're talking to the wrong man. I still ain't got your mama figured out. Y'all remember that song? It goes on to say, y'all want me to sing it? I mean, Rick's the only one that knows it. But it goes on to say in that song, so I guess we'll just go fishing. Maybe head out to the old golf course today. When our buddies ask us about women, I think I know exactly what we'll say. Boys, you're talking to the wrong men. If you want to know what girls are all about, you're talking to the wrong men. Still ain't got them women figured out. 
And I think that's the way a lot of us feel. We talk about dwelling with your wife of understanding, living and understanding with a lady takes time and it takes attention and it takes work. We have to be intentional in that. We have to take time to really, really listen to them. To really listen. To really listen. Not just be present while they're talking, not just be present in their life, but to really focus and pay attention to what they're saying. Because it says here that we are to dwell with them. How? With understanding. With understanding to know them. So many times we don't listen. I, was, I read a story about um, President Roosevelt. And President Roosevelt, he despised the practice of standing in a receiving line and hours on end exchanging meaningless conversation and shaking hands and so forth. And so one day he decided, he said, uh, with a grin, he told his aides to listen very carefully what he was going to tell the se- next several guests as they approached him. And so President Roosevelt's there, you know, it's a very formal affair where you're going to go greet the president. And as they're coming along, President Roosevelt simply says, I shot my wife this morning. I shot my wife this morning. And it said that most guests simply smiled and, and returned a customary greeting as if he hadn't said anything. I shot my wife this morning. But one dignitary from France uh, approached the president. He had a bit of anxiety and he attempted not to be shocked by the president's comment. And the man simply smiled and said, well, Mr. President, I'm sure she deserved it. (laughs) Some people listen, some don't. And I'm afraid that we're guilty of not listening to people and and especially not listening to those in our own home and especially guilty of not listening to our spouses. We need to study our wives, not just their bodies, but study our wives to study them as a person. As Wearsby put it, we need to listen with our heart. To know our moods and feelings and fears and hopes. To be with her and to really know her and to seek to understand her. That's what love is all about. That's what love looks like. Husbands, love your wives. Be with her. Know her. And then thirdly, honor her. Honor her. You notice it says there in chapter 3, verse 7, Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife. Honor her. Proverbs 18.22 says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. A wife is a precious thing. A wife is a gift from the Lord. And we are to treasure our wives. She's valuable. And we're usually good at that when we're dating. And we're good at that when we're engaged, but sadly this can fall by the wayside. Someone said when a man opens the door for his wife, the door of his car for his wife, you can be sure of one thing, either the car or the wife is new if he's opening the door. Ouch. We can so easily begin to take our wives for granted where we do not honor her and do not treasure her. We begin to take her for granted. And as a marriage rolls on and and year by year goes by, it's very easy for us to kind of grow stale and stagnant and just taking each other for granted. I understand the couple was having a very quiet and uneventful evening in the living room. And uh, they were ignoring one another. He was reading the paper and she was flipping through the channels on the remote control. And so she decided to kind of maybe spice things up. And so she blurted out, honey... Do you love me because I'm incredibly beautiful, amazingly intellectual, or because I'm sensual and mysterious? 
Now, guys, that's a loaded question right there. And after a few minutes of quietness, he's still behind his newspaper. He weighed his words and threw caution to the wind and said, Well, I really love you because of your vivid imagination. I imagine that evening stayed very stale, don't you? I imagine it stayed very stagnant. You stand before a minister of the gospel, you promise to love her and cherish her, and then you say, what happened to that promise? What happened to it? We're to honor her. And then we are to protect her. Notice it says we're to honor her, it says in chapter 3, verse 7, as a weaker vessel. Now, that is not a cut on women. That is not referring to the lady's intellect or her spirituality. It's referring to the fact that, generally speaking, generally speaking, men are more physically powerful than women. I know there are exceptions. There are some weakling men, and there are some powerful women. And I've met some ladies in my time I wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley. They might hurt me. But generally speaking, physically, men are stronger than women, the weaker vessel. And a good husband, a godly husband, is going to remember this and treat his wife gently and tenderly. He's going to protect his wife in any situation that arises where she needs protection. He's going to assist her in any way where he can come to the aid of his wife, realizing that he is stronger, generally speaking, than his wife. He's going to be very sensitive to his wife's needs. He'll remember that they're both, both as believers, are heirs together of the grace of life, as it says here. Galatians 3.28 says there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And God has joined you together. And as a good husband, as a godly husband, you're going to protect your wife. But that brings us to another one. You're also going to pray for your wife. This verse is very interesting the way it ends. He tells us these things that we're to do, and then he says that your prayers may not be hindered. Have you ever given a thought to the fact that the way you treat your wife has a direct impact on your prayer life? Mistreating our wives can be detrimental to our prayer lives. We don't often think about that when our prayers go unanswered. What happens when our prayers go unanswered or we don't get the answer we want or it seems that the heavens are closed to us? We often find fault with God. God, why don't you hear me? Why won't you answer me? Why won't you respond? When in reality, the fault never is with God. Now, sometimes there's no fault. There's just a timing issue or the will of God or whatever. But if there is a fault, it's not with God. It's with me. And could it be that one of the reasons I'm not having the type of prayer life that I should be having is because I'm not treating my wife the way I ought to be treating my wife? I don't know about you guys, but when I read what he tells us to do in this list, it could be a bit overwhelming. Dwelling with her, okay, but understanding her and then honoring her and protecting her. When you think about that list, we better pray. We better hit our knees and pray that God would help us to be godly husbands. That we would fulfill the Lord's desires for our marriage. And furthermore, we need to pray for our wives. Yes, pray with your wife. 
But pray for your wife. My wife is on my prayer list every single day. I seek to pray for her every day. I pray, God helping me each day for my boys' future wives. I pray for them every day. How can we not pray for our wives? I mean, honestly. How can we not go to the Father and talk to Him about the most precious person besides Christ in our entire lives? And furthermore, can I just remind all of the husbands and wives today that you better keep the priority between that husband and wife relationship there. Don't let the kids usurp that. They're going to grow up and move on one day and you're going to be sitting there looking at each other. And the best thing you can do for your kids is to love and honor each other and have the strongest marriage you can and then your kids will be blessed in a tremendous way. But how can we not pray to God? How can we go through life and not pray for our wives and pray for ourselves to be godly husbands? So I've got to ask you, gentlemen, I ask myself today, how is your marriage today? I mentioned last week in talking to the wives that God holds you accountable. God holds you responsible. The word for the wives was submit. We talked about the the tremendous burden that is ours as guys, as husbands, to realize that God holds us accountable to be the head of the house and to provide leadership spiritually in the other areas and that God's going to hold us accountable. Are you treating your precious wife like God says to treat her here? Are you spending time with her? Or is your goal to be away from her? Are you seeking to know her better? Or are you just telling her not even listening to her anymore? Are you honoring her and showing her how precious she is in your life, even in the very small actions of life that express your love to her? Are you praying for her? Are you protecting her? Are you helping her? Be honest with yourself. Warren Wearsby, who recently went home to be with the Lord, had some good insight in this passage. And as I was studying, I ran across some questions we do well to consider together today. And these questions are for husbands and wives. And so I want to go through them real quickly. And as we give you the question, I want you to think about your own life. And I want you to be real honest before the Lord today. And let Him take His finger and put it on any area that He needs to address in your life. There are seven. I'll give them to you really quickly. Number one, wives and husbands, are we partners or competitors? Are we partners or competitors? You know, when you stand before the minister of the gospel and you pledge your love to one another, two become one. And yes, that includes a physical union, but it's so much more powerful than that. And your partners before the Lord. Number two, are we helping each other to become more spiritual? Sad to say there are men who do a wonderful job providing for their wives and their families, providing wonderful living and home and everything they could need in that regard and many of their desires and wants, but we need men who will provide spiritual leadership in the home. And so, Husbands and wives were to build each other spiritually. Number three, are we depending on the externals or the eternals? The artificial or the real? 
What is our foundation? What is our goals? What is it we're basing our life upon? Are, those, are they those truths that God has given us? The realities that are ours in Christ? Those things that are real? Are we seeking to build our lives upon things that are going to pass away, that are artificial? Number four, do we understand each other better? You know, you really should know your spouse better today than you did a week ago or a month ago or last year at this time. You know, it's interesting to say even if some dwell together, they begin to even look like each other. That's a sad thing in some regards, sir. The wives especially. Do we understand each other better? Number five. Are we sensitive to each other's feelings and ideas? Or taking each other for granted? He based these questions on this passage, by the way. That's where he pulled these from. Are we sensitive to each other's feelings and ideas? Are we taking each other for granted? You know, she'll be there when I get there. Or he'll come home or whatever. You remember there was a day where you looked forward to being together. We cared about each other's feelings. We took time to evaluate and talk. Number six. Are we seeing God answer our prayers? Sir, could it be the reason that you don't have a vibrant prayer life? Is because you are not treating your wife as God desires you to treat him, treat her. Could it be the reason you're not getting the answers because you have not been the husband you ought to be? Because I'm not basing that upon my thoughts. That's what the Scripture says here. That your prayers be not hindered. Because remember, this is a picture of Christ in the church. And the way we treat our wives is to be a picture of how Christ treats the church. Number seven. Are we enriched because of our marriage or robbing each other of God's blessings? Are we enriched because of our marriage? The Bible said, we said it earlier, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. How do you answer those questions? Can I just say to you, apart from your relationship with Jesus Christ, the most important relationship that you have is the relationship you have with your spouse. And so if that's true, with God's help, let's make it as good as it can be this side of heaven. Somebody asked one time, can you love your wife too much? That's one of those questions you wrestle with because you think about idolatry and you certainly can put your wife in an idolatrous spot. But it was pointed out that perhaps we cannot love our wives too much. Why? Because we're to love our wives as Christ loved the church. And I don't think any of us would admit to have reached that point yet. And so there's still work to do. Let's make our relationship with our spouse the very best it can be, this side of heaven. And to do that, we're going to have to have God's help 
and God's enablement to follow God's instructions. Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for the precious gift of marriage. Lord, I imagine in a crowd this size, there are many thoughts rolling through the minds. Some who desire to be married, but have not had that privilege yet. Others who are on the other side of a marriage that broke up. Some who are happily married this moment, and others who are married but not so happy. Marriages that are struggling and marriages that are growing. You care about them all. This was your idea, and you brought us together. So, Father, I pray right now in this quiet moment to speak to the hearts of the husbands and the wives, that you would heal, that you would convict, that you'd do a work and do whatever you need to do to get them where you want them to be. Forgive us where we failed you, O God. I pray for the men as we especially looked at them today. And Lord, I pray for us. We need your help to do what you've told us to do. Forgive us where we've not done that. Help us to honor our wives, to know them, to listen to them, to protect them, to understand them to be with them, to pray for them, and to love them. Thank you that we're not alone in this. You're here with us. Heal marriages. Strengthen marriages, I pray. And we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Our closing hymn this morning. And the altar is open if you want to come and pray, or you can pray where you are. 631, fill my cup, Lord, I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole. And as we sing today, be honest with the Lord. Follow His will in your life. Let's stand together, sing 631, fill my cup.